This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Were you born in the Civil War? Bro, are you on something? <laughs> Man, I can't believe you're so excited about this. I get deep sometimes. That's one of the funniest things you've ever said. What's up, everybody? This is Tim Anderson and Matt Greiner, and this is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. Thank you for joining us this evening. I feel like we're One listening morning. to NPR right now. <laughs> <laughs> thought, thought I'd just take a different approach today. It seems like the guys with the lower voices that have the, the lower register talk a little bit slower, demand the attention. Mm. They're the ones mm. that have all of the all the listens. Mm. Are you, you thinking know, they're, about they're the dropping the Holy Ghost Notes podcast for <laughs> no, NPR? I'm, to, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know. Boost, boost our the, following. Boost the views. Wow, the we had following. the same thought. Yeah. yeah. I think there's some validity to that. I was just talking to someone the other night about how men historically are more successful in the workplace because they're more disagreeable. Hmm. And if there are 10 women in a line and one of them is more disagreeable than the other nine, she's more likely to be promoted and hmm. climb really? the ladder of success. Yeah, seriously. And it makes sense if you think about it. Think about people you work with who are yes men and then think about someone else who's more disagreeable and, and yeah, he's going to push back against... Um, it's a, a concept it is or a good, an idea in a meeting. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a solid characteristic for leadership, right? You know, people feel like if if someone's stating their opinion and sticking to it, that they have more um, impact. You know, there's more validity there, even mm -hmm. if they are. You know, full of shit. Full of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so you know what you're talking about. Weird how the world how works. How do I know? Right? Yeah, because you sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, if you say something with with confidence, um, doesn't matter if it's true. There's a good chance that there are people who will believe you if they don't mm -hmm. know any better. That's right. If you say something, even if it's true, and there's doubt behind your your eyes and your voice and you're not saying it with full confidence right then even if it's true uh even if people know that you're right mm -hmm. they're going to start questioning right so <laughs> mm -hmm. there's uh yeah it makes a lot of sense it does i get that i lead I that. a drummer hangout pretty much every week it's on wednesday nights and recently we've been having some really good turnouts Recently, dude, we've been having upwards of 15 to 18 students wow. hopping on. Dang. At this point, we're friends. I wouldn't consider them actually drum students of mine, even though I've worked with mm -hmm. most of them over the last three or four yeah. years. But, but anyway, I, I was talking about double bass tonight because I took a double bass lesson last week with Alex Rudinger, mm -hmm. and it was my first drum lesson in like 15 years. I told the class it's been 14, but I think it's actually been more more than 15. I, I, I can't even remember the last time. And I've never taken a double bass lesson. And I asked everyone in the class, raise your hand if you've ever taken a double bass lesson. No. Most people were self-taught, which is pretty typical. Yeah. So my lesson with Alex was awesome. He taught me a little bit, and we talked a lot. But the little bit he taught me, actually changed the way I play. Wow. It's actually created a breakthrough in my drumming. Really? And I was telling the class about it tonight with full confidence. I didn't have to second yeah. guess anything I was saying because it's actually a technique that works. And I feel like I know like the back of my hand, even though I haven't implemented it fully, I'm still teaching my ankles and my weight distribution. Um, I'm telling my body how to handle weight distribution and where to balance. 
But mm-hmm. it's very easy to sell something when what you're selling is valuable to you. Right. It's very hard to sell something that isn't valuable, that you know is just full of air, unless you're a sociopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's true. But getting into the double bass stuff a little bit, because I'm super stoked about it. Alex helped me understand that I drive the beater into the head and keep it there. Mm. And my drummer yeah, hangout class made fun of me because I huge. said, bury the beater. And one of my students called me out, rightfully so, because they said, bury. It's like, bury? What? What? Instead of bury. Do you mean bury? <laughs> I was like, why did I say bury? I told Annie about it. She's like, you said bury? <laughs> I deserve it. Keep laughing. That's funny. So I bury the beater. And okay, I think most of us know that that's not ideal. But uh, I mean, how much of a difference does it make? Well, after the lesson, there's a couple things that happened. One, I realized if your beater is buried in the kick drum head, then in order for the next stroke to happen, it has to come back to the mm-hmm. reset and then strike again. If your resting position, however, is back at a 45 or wherever you have your beater, then you're ready to go. Yeah. But that's easier said than done um, because if you're used to having your heel up, you're used to having your heel up. Mm-hmm. But I started working on it. And what, what happened was really interesting to him because that is helpful to have the beater in position to strike. But more than that, my double bass is better because I think, I think because my balance is better. And I described mm. it to Annie like this. If you have a, a three-legged stool and your one leg of three legs is higher than the other two, you feel off balance. Well, what I was doing was keeping pressure on one of my legs. Yeah. By keeping the beater pushed onto the kick drum head as like a way to control what was going to happen next. I felt like I had more control. But as soon as I started working on this and just honestly hitting lighter is is how it feels. You're not Mm -hmm. smashing the kick. Um, it starts with a lighter motion. Better technique for me means getting control, and getting control usually means hitting lighter. In this case, that's 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 definitely what's happening. So, okay, I'm hitting lighter. I'm, uh, my resting position is um, beater off the head. What I found was I, I'm balanced. I have my right leg, I have my left leg, and my center of gravity is on my throne. Yeah. You know what's funny though that that small adjustment, as big of a difference as it makes, so that you notice, you're gonna see a big difference in where you feel it afterwards too. Like, dude, by keeping both legs kind of elevated, you're gonna feel it in your upper thighs, my, and your waist, my ankles, <laughs> you know, like my ankles, your ankles, which is oh a right because really you're doing sign. the forty-five degree. Yeah. My, yeah, my dude, my ankles are. So I'm, my ankles are cracking like crazy, especially my right one that I, I broke skateboarding. Mm-hmm. It's funny Ooh, you bring yeah, that up, dude. Yeah. Walking in the door tonight, I was like, man, my ankles are sore. Yeah, because you're that's, actually that's using why. them instead mm-hmm. of just like driving your leg through everything. Yeah. I don't do a lot of double bass, um, but uh, recently I was doing some uh, double bass for a pop punk song. Were you really? And yeah, what I realized is that my left so i know you lead with your left i don't that's not your primary kick uh-uh. foot though right you still use your right for primary yeah right for um, single so my left strokes. is not my primary and i was realizing that you know we all know the head needs to reverberate in order for it to get its full sound in a live setting you might not notice this but i when i'm recording <laughs> and listening back yeah. i can hear i was realizing that I was doing that, yep. but with my left. I was keeping yep. my left up against the kick yep. and trying to play Almost single pedal. Does, dude. And it's like, geez, I need to get that foot off the pedal. I know. Or at least lift it up. Otherwise, I'm actually 
negating the impact yeah. of my primary yeah. kick. It's like and a moon it's gel. Kind of wild. It's like a moon gel you don't want. Dude, it's yeah, exactly. It's yeah. um there's a really good drummer, a really good metal drummer that I still idolize to this day. Did some of the best drumming on some of my favorite metal albums. Um and I won't say his name because of what I'm about to say. For for as amazing as he was, apparently the guys in his band um talked about how his his weakness was the studio. I'm like, really? His yeah. double bass is amazing. Super tight. Yeah, but he holds the beaters against the head. I'm like, so yeah, it well, record well, I do that too. And like, well, it makes editing and... Well, actually, they didn't say this. I'm just assuming it made editing and mixing a pain because you hear the beater on the head when the yeah. other mm-hmm. kick drum is you know, hitting the head, you hear the other head bouncing ever so slightly. Right. And like you said, in a live setting, you would never know. But actually, if you yeah. trigger, which we do, we we blend trigger and mic, um, mm-hmm. it makes triggering a nightmare because... It does. Yeah, because it's... Yeah, you're... all this extra stuff happening. You're screwing up the bounce of the head. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just created That's this exactly whole right. new excitement for drumming. And I sent Alex videos of me playing and parts that I haven't been able to play well in years and he's like man I can't believe you're so excited about this you've been doing this a long time and like just you being excited about it makes me really excited about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm gonna go practice yeah speaking of Alex if you guys didn't know we actually had him on an episode I know I was thinking about that doing our lesson it's a good episode you guys should go he's such a great guy I should go listen to that we should have him on again smart dude we should that was a good conversation we should He's have Alex guy. on again as a first guest in a long while. Yeah, we haven't had guests on in a while. We should, yeah, we got to start bringing some people back on. Yeah. There's an interesting, so I love this format, obviously. I love having conversations with you, but it's always interesting. But you don't. Just, yeah, every single time we bring a guest anymore. on, it's it's like a completely different care. conversation. <laughs> it changes. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I, keep I miss this. <laughs> I'm such a doofus. Why do you still do this with me? I feel like there's going to be a day when two weeks comes, you're like, yeah, you know, I, I told the inner circle, we're just going to skip this week. We're not going to. Yeah, uh, yeah, but we've been doing every other week for like four years, five years. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to skip one. And then I see it comes out anyway, and it's like. <laughs> you I don't would... know if it's like this for you, but I actually feel, feel more pressure to get it like on schedule. The yeah. longer we do this, oh, yeah, <laughs> the more sure. I feel like we can't deviate. For sure. <laughs> it's like, you know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. It's got to happen. We made it this far. <laughs> Dude, some of these podcasts are coming out with like two episodes a week, though. It's crazy. I mean, Daily like, Wire does to do that? five a week per per person. Insane. That's crazy. Uh, well, yeah, full-time job, making big money. It's, yeah. If that's the only thing you have to do... Yeah, it would get old, but you'd have time to do it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, how busy are you right now, Tim? <laughs> Busier than I've ever been before in my life. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I feel Things that. Things are nuts. Yeah, but. Do you like, do you just think like, <laughs> isn't it crazy how <laughs> things just don't get done that, yeah. Like taxes. That's, that I has... I haven't touched my taxes yet. And it's like, I've been thinking about it for two weeks. I have this pile. Yeah. You and got I just, a little bit of time I still. just don't want to yeah. stop. Like, I don't want to start doing it yet because it's... Yeah. It's just going to be so consuming getting everything done. I just don't... I don't... Here's the thing. I don't have two hours uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you had like a two-hour window where you had nothing else, it wouldn't be that bad to get stuff done. But you have like 24 minutes every now and then. And it's like it's not enough time to do much but the dishes. sporadic breaks. (laughs) I know. I know. It's tough, man. It's uh, finding time. Like I was – my my son was complaining about how he was bored the (laughs) other day. And I was like, man – I miss being bored. <laughs> like, like I need my nothing time. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Like 
uh, as I don't know if it's a guy thing. I'm sure. I mean, I've heard that it's like a, a guy thing, um, where you just kind of sit and think about nothing. And <laughs> I need that. I need that time. <laughs> I miss being bored. Uh, and, uh, especially like as a, as a millennial, I don't know if you fall into the millennial, uh, generation. I don't know where the cutoff is exactly. You're, you're pretty close to it. If I'm you're millennial. not, but are you saying I'm, what are you <clears> saying? I'm uh, a boomer. Well, I don't know where the cutoff. So, well, I've had people, <laughs> so, uh, somebody was telling me <laughs> there's another generation between boomers. Were and you born in the civil war? <laughs> <laughs> the, but I, someone was fighting me on it and I was like, dude, you are a millennial. And he was like, I was like, no, I was born in the eighties. I was like, I know. 80s. <laughs> where's the cutoff? Google tells me it's like 83 or something. When were you born, know. Tim? But 1974? No. 90. <laughs> 1990. I was born in 90. Wow. Yeah, I never even experienced the 80s. Very early in 1990, but okay. regardless. But uh, there's a there's this um, idea that, you know, we got to experience uh, like t- technological advancements. We know what it was like before. And we know what it's like after. Yeah. And we're poised uh, because of it. But, um, you know, we were the last generation to really experience boredom. Right. In, a, in an actual way where, like, we're undisturbed. Right. Right. There's nothing. There's no Man, that's a good internet point. or phone at our fingertips. It's like, you know, we were just, like, lying in bed bored <laughs> or sitting on a couch, like, bored. Like, what do I do? <laughs> is it possible there's that like two channels on TV are more bored <laughs> than ever they just like just because you happen to have a phone or iPad or computer in front of you doesn't mean you're not bored is there an argument to be made there? I think yeah yeah so you can be bored for sure I mean we had stuff to do back in the day there it's was always something we could have done you weren't doing it is <laughs> boredom but there's nothing to the disturb I, us not, you know it, is boredom is boredom the act of doing nothing and wishing you were doing something? Or is it possible to be bored while doing something? I think it's possible to be bored while doing something. I think you'd be bored while doing something, for sure. I think I think it's more like there's nothing that you want to do, really. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're bored. There's nothing, <laughs> like, there's nothing at your fingertips that you want yeah, to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, there's probably things that you could do. Right. But I think, like, what I was thinking about was more the actual... Um, like there's no disturbances, yeah. you know, with your phone next to you, you're going to get texts or you're going to get emails oh, or you're going to get that's notifications. A good point. That's a good point. But back then there was nothing. Like the only disturbance was like when your landline phone would ring. Right. Or your friend would show up and ring the right. doorbell. Right. Like, or the mailman other than that, came. Yeah. There was no coordinating anything through texts and, you know, yeah. iPhone calendars. Like, there, you know, it was all just like... Hmm. You know, I'm bored. Let me see what this guy's up to. We could be bored together. You know, go to Blockbuster and. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But that actually kind of leads into um, one of our topics today. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there and we'll we'll get back to it. I think so. We have some fun ones. I think we should do uh, a faith topic on ego in the future. I was thinking ego. about it yesterday. I like that because yeah. I heard an acronym that's. Um. Well, on the news, ego. Yeah, edging God okay. out. I like that. Like, wow, that is. Whew. Hmm. Been thinking about it ever since I heard it. It's one of those lines. So I think yeah. we should go over ego. That's pretty legit. Yeah. <sighs> and I'm tempted to switch the switch <laughs> the plan for today. Actually, but <laughs> nah. <laughs> I just told I've been thinking my, too much uh, about our topic for today. I just told yeah. my drummer hang out about your faith topic. The faith topic today is oh, something Tim nice. sent me a video on, and I've only watched uh, half of it because it's been <laughs> that kind of week. <laughs> I never finished it, dude. Guys, <laughs> I send I send Matt a video that's like two minutes long. It is not. He I watched said, two minutes of said, it. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe it's four minutes. And Matt sends me a full-blown live stream concert and I watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the funniest things you've ever said, dude. <laughs> 
because it's true. And my live stream concert was an hour and 20 minutes. Like, hey, I'll get back to your video. Let me send you my live stream concert real quick. <laughs> no, it was, You're not busy or anything. Actually, it was an hour and 25 minutes. Your video was about three minutes and 17 seconds. I watched two minutes of it. It was really long-winded <laughs> thought. Tim was walking around his house, giving me a tour. <laughs> you watched the whole live it, stream, dude? I, I skipped through it a little bit. See, yeah. I knew that was not honest. That is just ridiculous. I, you just maybe... I, still, I watched more than three minutes and 17 seconds, though. Well, yeah. I mean course like i mean i got like a good i got like five six solid full songs in that's not that many there's like 18 songs in that set (laughs) (laughs) that is a really funny thing (sighs) our faith topic today the good old days yeah the good old days yeah i'm actually excited to see where it goes though because if you didn't finish watching the video then you don't know where I left off, and well, that was kind of. I know of it was getting pretty deep, and I was like, "Wow, this is." It was a little too deep. It was like an <laughs> introspective moment. <laughs> you of were day. having a moment, man. <laughs> I felt like I needed to drive out to Jersey quick and make sure you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> Did he walk out Bro, of his house? Something. <laughs> <laughs> Your left eye was half closed. Shirt was off. <laughs> Your right eye was twitching. <laughs> You were shaving with your skull crusher thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> skull crusher. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun topic for sure. All right, for sure. Uh, you can say that. The drum topic is uh, also gonna be fun though. What's the drum topic? So the drum topic is uh, how did I put it? <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Tim practiced for the first time in I four know it. years. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Tim's Tim's hasn't sore. Hasn't been that long, but yeah, I am a little sore. Uh, the drum topic was. <laughs> let me see here. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna start uh, with our faith topic today. What's your reason? What's your reason? Okay. And Man. I and I, I'll, I'll kick this one off. That it's makes me think fun. of the Hoobastank song, "The Reason." Oh yeah, the greatest Which, song like of that year. It was it was up there. That song was that's amazing. A great Go song. back and listen to that song. That's a that's a they're doing their twenty year anniversary tour of that album. Can you believe that? This episode is called Hoobastank. There's just no way around it. It's <laughs> Hoobastank. It's been decided. <laughs> twenty year tour. Good grief. I know. It's <sighs> wild. Makes me feel old. That's for sure. Anyway. So drum topic, you, you, you started, you actually kicked it off kind of where I wanted to kick it off. Um, I did, I got on the kit for an hour and a half, um, this week, which is longer than (laughs) I've played in, I don't know, a year, a year and a half, probably. Right. I think the last, so I, I looked back the last, uh, video, like the last fresh new piece of drumming content that I published was in August of 2022, which means that's the last time that I really got on the kit for like an extended amount of time. Right. Um, because if I just get on the kit, I usually don't like set up the camera and right. get the, record everything. you know, the mics all set up and yeah, it's, it, I usually just go play for a little bit and then yeah. get off. So, so this was the longest I played. Uh, well, that's not actually true because I did play the worship set and there was rehearsal and then, the you know, the worship set, two services. So I would say it's the longest I've probably played. Yeah, worship, but that's not six months. Pop punk. It's different. Or punk or it's different. rock. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't going at it. I have blisters for sure to show the, <laughs> show the amount of time spent yeah. on it. Um, but it's my, so, so the reason... For this topic, what's your reason? Is because uh, a friend of mine, uh, it's his bir- it was his birthday yesterday when this is going live. His birthday is Friday. Um, and his wife reached out to me and said that um, the one thing that he wanted for his birthday was for me to post a drum cover in the new studio. 
So I was like, man, uh, you know, it, I should be doing this anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't need a good reason, but this is a good reason. Yeah. If this is what he wants, I'm going to do this for him. Um, and it got me on the kit. Um, and I was thinking to myself about this um, because I've, I don't watch a lot of TED Talks and I don't follow a lot of like motivational speakers. But if there's one thing that is consistent with, with most of them, it's the idea of finding your why. Mm-hmm. Finding your reason, because if you know your reason, then anytime you question what you're doing or why you're doing it, you have this why, you have this reason, you have this central goal, this focal point, right? And so I realized that, you know, drumming should be enough, like my love for drumming should be enough to get me on the kit. That should be my why. I love drumming. I want to play. That's that should be enough. But no, it's not. Because <laughs> what actually got me on the kit, my why this time, my reason for drumming, was playing drums for someone that I cared about. Mm-hmm. That's the sense of urgency around getting on the kit and recording this cover. Mm-hmm. Was because I was asked to do it for a friend. Yep. And so that shifted my whole idea of my reason for drumming. And you know, it's we've talked about it before as well that having the accountability, having a reason is sometimes the motivation that you need. Mm-hmm. Having a, a tight turnaround on a set that you need to learn for your band or you know, whatever it is that's sometimes what you need to actually get you on the kit because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you love it if it's not your top priority it's going to sink to the back yeah um, and it's not going to get done so so what i needed was just motivation really beyond just loving drums mm-hmm. so that is the premise of the topic but i thought it'd be an interesting and Tim, fun one to you just brought something else on. up that i i don't want to forget was there okay. a time in your life when you couldn't wait to play drums and the motivation was i love drumming i, I just i cannot oh, yeah. wait to play again okay same. absolutely same, absolutely same with me and those were the days when i was playing four or five hours a day okay you know, it's my follow-up just question couldn't wait until it was not too early and <laughs> or too late <laughs> to right. play you were you, you know. were cutting your teeth then man that's 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 why oh, you're yeah. a good drummer today all that practice then there's a lot, yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay, so that's interesting because it's a little bit like how C.S. Lewis talked about love. It's a funny analogy, but I, I just see the connection. If you meet a girl and you're like, man, the girl's beautiful, she's, she's sweet, she's funny, and you start dating and you're just head over heels for her. And uh, you think to yourself, man, I hope it lasts like this forever. Like this is just fireworks, every date's, you know, amazing. I'm over the moon. I cannot stop thinking about her. I can hardly eat. I can hardly sleep. C.S. Lewis would talk about this and he'd say that kind of love can't last forever. It's not designed Mm -hmm. to, but it is designed to start a relationship. And I thought about that and it's, that's obviously not verbatim what C.S. Lewis said, but the, the theme of what he's saying is God designed us so that our relationship with something or someone changes. And it's designed. It, it's, it's intentionally mm-hmm. orchestrated so that when you meet someone who you will fall in love with, someone you're attracted to, someone you like, the feeling is overwhelming, but it can't stay in that place forever. It, it has to take on a different form in order for it to be sustainable. And that same mm-hmm. idea, for me, it, it's, it's the same thing with drumming. In the beginning, I could not stop thinking about drumming. Tapping on the steering wheel of my John Deere mower at work, uh, steering wheel in my car, sitting in college, just could not wait to get home and practice. Like, didn't matter what yeah. I was doing. I just could not wait to take these rhythms and these ideas and these fills and these patterns and get home and, tr- you know, try them out, practice. Yeah. But that's just not sustainable. 
and and it's not it's not realistic. So what I what I hear what I just heard you say with that was I was like, man, what's what's your motivation? What's what's your why? What's your reason behind it? At one point, it was something different than what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's an interesting thought to piggyback on that. What I found is that the more routine and pressure you put on yourself to practice, the more committed you are to this thing. You'll go in waves and in phases of of falling back in love with it like you were in the beginning. But it takes yeah. work. It takes commitment to it to even experience that. Just like a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we we talked about this idea of passion, right? Passion equals pain. It's this line that starts with excitement and joy and happiness, but it goes all the way through yep. dedication and and um and eventually pain, sacrifice. Yeah. So if you're passionate about yeah. drumming, it means in the beginning you're 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 nothing but excited about it. What's so hard about yeah. it, this isn't painful at all. This is just exciting. Well, eventually, if you're committed to it for a long time, it it's not always going to be fun. But if you're committed to it, you will have moments of excitement. If you're not committed to it, you'll have neither. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <clears throat> I've seen that in my career. I've been playing for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think what you just said is really interesting because maybe it's more of a more a matter of reassessing your why occasionally, figuring out what it is that what is your reason right now. Right now being the <laughs> the underlined <laughs> words oh. there. What is your reason right now? Because what I realized too is that I needed the motivation brought on by a deadline. Right. Same. And and that got me on the kit. But when I was on the kit, I mean, I played for an hour and a half, and then I also mixed the drums. Right. And you know, kind of put everything together. And during that process, like you said, re fell in love with it. Right. I like not that I forgot how much I love it, but like doing it was just so refreshing. Yeah, it was just so like this is so right. I know. Like, th- like, like why did I wait so it long? It feels to do this. so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had so much fun. That hour and a half went by like it was five minutes. Yeah. You know, you look at the clock for a second, and then you look back and you're like, what the heck? I know. Time just flew. I know. And then it, just the whole process, like I fell in love with with drumming, but I also fell in love with just music production. Right. Like I just love all of it. Yeah, it's very <laughs> you know, rewarding. He, oh gosh, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, for me, I love seeing the fruits of it, and 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 this project in particular hits so many levels because it's like I know yeah. that what I'm delivering, whether anyone else likes it or not, as yeah. long as as long as my friend Andy, who this is for, likes this video, then it's done its job. Yeah. So I know I'm going to get the satisfaction of like um, validation, <laughs> you know, yeah. approval because yeah. it's for Andy. If he likes it, I've done my job. I know he's going to like it. But I also got the satisfaction of being able to create something and being happy with it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to enjoy the entire process of it, but then also being excited about the end result, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like... There's all of that intertwined, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, I know myself as a creator and there's like all different aspects of that. Like, it's gotta be for me, but it's also, there's also gotta be the validation factor of it. So that's why we share <laughs> our art, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's wild, man. You could really deep dive the psychological <laughs> elements behind it. Yeah. But uh, like at its core, it's like I had a deadline. I had a good reason. That got me on the kit. Yeah. I fell in love with drumming again with music production. And, you know, I should be reassessing next week. What's my reason? Yep. What's going to get me back on I the think, kit? I think it's your thing. I think it's my thing too. I used to have yeah. this like reoccurring thought that everybody has a thing 
Everybody. Yeah. And then one day I woke up mm-hmm. and like I remember talking to someone. I was like, "What's what's your thing?" And I, I very quickly realized they didn't have one. I'm like, "What? You don't have this one thing that is the closest thing to an out of body experience?" And I, I I don't know how else to say it other than that. It time yeah. time flies when you're done doing it, even if it's for five minutes. The rest of your day can be absolute crap, and it's like. That's mm-hmm. fine. I can handle it. It's true. On the flip side, if you don't do this thing for a year or a month or a week, you miss it. And a part of you kind of aches for it. In fact, yeah. all this other stuff seems like it gets in the way of it. And it's a thought in your mind at all times. You don't obsess over it, but it's top it's top of mind in a way where you can function and do everything else you need to do in life, but there's that feeling that if only you could be doing this thing, you you you, mm-hmm. you know, it's untouchable by yeah. everything else. Right, like nothing hits that note perfectly like drumming does. You know, like your yeah. thing does. That's that's what it is for me. And I think it's yeah. the same. I think it's the same thing for you. I I still for feel sure. today like there's all these other things that have to happen in a day, and at times I, I get frustrated. The stuff's getting in the way of this thing that. I was designed to do. I was built to do. This is what I'm supposed to do with my yep. life. Now that's backed by the fact that not a lot of people can do this thing well. And think about this way: like, if 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 drumming was something everybody on on the face of the planet could do once they hit 16, as well as you, everybody could do it. If as long as they're 16 and less than 70, just set some weird parameters like that. Every time yeah. you sat down, you would, on one level, know that. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, everybody can do what I'm doing right now that's between 16 and 70. Billions of people. It wouldn't have the same, for for me at least, like, it, it, it wouldn't be the same. But yeah. just, just knowing that you've poured so much time and... Um, you fell in love with this thing that's yours like this is yours this is your thing and you've built it and you know it and it's very hard to explain to people around you what you're doing or how you're doing it or what you love about it or what you practice or how it started or where it's going like it's it's your thing it's for you yep yeah and it does something for you that nothing else does and nothing else can touch so if you're listening to this and it's not drumming the vocabulary I'm using is hopefully striking a chord with, with something in your life, painting, yeah, drawing. Uh, maybe it's not even something artistic. Maybe it's just like um, working with your hands, you know, uh, uh, landscape. Like for me, landscaping is something that's really meaningful. Like it's very life-giving to me. Yeah, farming, same same thing. But none of that stuff touches drumming. It's like on its own level, right? For sure. That's yeah. It's very similar to how I feel. I think uh, you know, it's it's. I think it says something too. Like when uh, you know, at least music for me in general is like what I just gravitate towards, no matter what. You know, no matter what I'm feeling. <laughs> like when I'm happy, when I'm angry, when I'm sad, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm gravitating towards music. Like right. that's, that's where I go, you know? And, uh, there's like something almost transcendent about it mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't understand. You know, everyone's always, I don't really know anyone who doesn't like music. Right. Who won't just turn on music, uh, you know, when they start cooking or, when they get in the car, like it's, it's a natural thing. Everyone enjoys it. Um, but to experience it, to write it, Mm -hmm. to feel it, (laughs) you know, it's like even more so like, like whatever euphoria you're feeling, listening to your favorite song, imagine that times 10 Mm -hmm. when you're playing or writing this song that you feel inside of you, (laughs) you know, it's just like, I don't know how to describe it really. Yeah. You know, you almost have to experience it to know what it feels like. Dude. But uh, I, yeah. I had my four and a half month old, four and 
three-week-old uh, daughter Eleanor on my lap tonight while I was playing a mini kit that I donated to church. I was just like goofing around on it before the kids yeah. came for kids ministry tonight. I was just playing like a and she's like sitting on my right leg, so I'm going, you know, my my <laughs> legs going up and down a little bit, and she's just like, <laughs> just you know, melting on my right arm and yeah. on my leg. <laughs> And my brother comes That's running so in and he's like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. My wife comes walking in and she, she's kind of busy with work, but my brother's like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. We got to get a picture. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is the kind of picture that she looks back on in, you know, 20 years. She's like, oh my gosh, look at how, look at how young my, you know, dad, look how young you were. <laughs> 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 like you used to play drums and a band like what 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 drum set was that oh i think that was that drum set we gave to to our church oh really is that church still yeah church is still around you know and it's just it's so it's so cool to be a dad and share this thing that i love with my daughter like i don't know what she's going to like or dislike i i don't know what attachment she'll have to drumming but I just get this sense that you know she's hearing these drum beats or she's uh she's seeing drums from a very very early age. I'm just excited yeah. to see what what that does, you know, what impact that'll have on her. Ha, ha, yeah. Like have you been able to see anything like that with your your boys with with music, um, singing, guitar, drumming? Yeah, you know, so um obviously because the kit has been set up since the day they were born, <laughs> you know, there's, that's something I didn't have growing up. Like there's never just a kit in a room in my house. Um, so they have access to it. So there's obviously a, a sense of interest yeah. from both of them. Um, I, I will say that, um, as of right now, they're both young. Um, but my, my younger one, I am fairly certain has, some form of, I don't know if it's perfect pitch, but at a very early age, he was able to imitate the exact notes. Like he, he, he was able to recognize the note wow. and match it. Holy even like, cow. even just like a, like a, like a kid was giggling on a TV show he was watching, like a, like a little squeak or something like that. And he would match the squeak. And like Julianne wouldn't know any better, but I was like, "Did you hear that?" And she's like, "What?" It's like he just like, like imitated the exact pitch of what he just heard, which is, you know, it's not wow. that crazy, but like it's at an at an early age to have that yeah. sense to be able that to match sense. it. Yeah. So I don't know if he's you know at the level where it's like, hey, sing a G, sing yeah. a G minor. Right. <laughs> you know, if he'd be able to do that, I don't know, um, but. But he has this sense of of tone that my older one definitely doesn't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was I was um, messing around with some stuff. Caden uh, was on the kit the other day, just just playing, and um, they just like to you know smash the cymbals and yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. you know just go, mess around. But I was go crazy. I showed him a groove, and he was like kind of reluctant. You know, he just wanted to. Yeah, hit whatever and make noise. But um, he did take the time and kind of learn the groove. And once he got it right, he got really excited. Mm. You know, he was very excited. And then just the other day, um, he replayed that groove to me. Wow. You know, and he was like, hey, check it out. This is the groove you taught me. (laughs) I was like, wow, all right. (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) Not too shabby. That's awesome. (laughs) So who knows? You know, they're they're young. So um, I don't think I've got any like child prodigies here there's no tony roysters living yeah. in my house as yeah. of right now. <laughs> but but who knows you know that i think a lot of it comes <laughs> down to uh putting in the work and you know if they express interest i definitely won't stop them from yeah you know being on the kit six hours a day like yep. i'm not gonna yep. not gonna argue with that so yep that's good yeah okay yep, yep. well that was uh that was a great drum topic thanks for 
contributing. Uh, let's yeah. let's go to our faith topic. Do we want to play this clip right. that you sent me? No, it was so long-winded okay. and boring, and I don't know what headspace I was in. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, it Hold was probably about 30 <laughs> minutes ago. You were... It's giving you a hard time for not watching it. me for not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sum it up. All right. All the good right, old right. days. So, so I've once again... Uh, was had this train of thought that I went down. If you haven't learned by now that I get deep sometimes, <laughs> then uh, you know you haven't been listening to this podcast. <laughs> but I was thinking about the idea of the good old days, right? And the good or what old we deem days. the good old days. You know, you you think back to a time when I said that. I'm sure you all thought back to a time that was like, oh man, those were those were some good times, you know. And, and the idea that I was pondering was just how, you know, it, we've heard it said that I, I wish I knew I was in the good old days when we were in the good old days. That's not a concept that's foreign to anybody. You know, of course, yeah, I wish we knew how good we had it when we were in it. Jump I wish in we knew that my we're BMX not going to get these days back. On that right? yeah. dirt jump I made... With our skid loader, summer night, 9.30 p.m., floodlights set up, shadows larger than life on the side of the chicken house, cars honking at us driving up and down Route 72 because it looked like we were doing massive air, but it's just our shadows. <laughs> Jesse would hit the jumps first. I would hit the jumps third. We'd start with this tiny one-foot gap between the double, takeoff, and the landing, beginning of summer. By the end of summer, we're jumping 10-foot gaps. Mm. That that feeling times, of man. the sun Good setting, times. hot summer airs turning into that cooler night, ripping around on our BMX bikes with your friends. Mm -hmm. Just... Not a care in the world. You got to be up at 5.30 next morning. Pfft, no problem. You got sunburn. Yeah. You're perpetually hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you got girls on the That's brain. Funny. You got your whole life ahead. Of yeah. You. Yeah. Man. Got this cool hobby, cool life. Yeah. Very little responsibility. So much hope and expectation and excitement mm -hmm. that for me is the feeling it's a feeling yep. i remember i remember i remember the way it felt i remember that yep. those summers three four summers were like that yeah so when you think about that and you're like man i like i wish i knew i wish i appreciated during that time mm -hmm. i wish i knew that this these are the good old days. Mm -hmm. These are the days that someday I'll be like, man, remember those? Those were the best. So I started going down that rabbit trail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if I knew in those days right. that those were the good old days, how would that translate? Would they still be, would I still experience them right. as good, good, good days? Because then that almost takes away the hope of something better. Like if I, if I, you know, so I think of my good old days of, you know, band practice, you know, I'm 16, 15, 16, listening to all of my favorite music that I still listen to this day. You know, all those albums came out like in 2004, 2005, 2006, <laughs> like all my favorite albums are like all in there. Um, you know, listening to the, to the, to the best music Looking forward to band practice on Wednesday afternoon, you know, recording, playing pool in my friend's basement for hours, you know, <laughs> like if I had known in those days that those were the days that I would look back on and wish that I could relive, it would almost diminish the hope that I had in those days because those days in part were exciting because I was thinking about, like you said, you know, you had girls on the brain, 
or you had um, you had uh, you know getting uh, like I was constantly thinking about getting signed mm-hmm. by a label. Like, yeah, we same. were always talking about like, what if we got signed? <laughs> what if we by got this signed label? to Solid State, dude? Can you yeah, imagine? exactly. <laughs> what if we got? What if we got signed? What if we go on tour? What if we get this tour bus? Yep. Like, what? What if yep. we do this? Like, that was what I was talking about. You know, um, or just even just the the I don't know, like the hope that things would get better, even mm-hmm. better than this. Like we we're just always thinking ahead. Um, but that's part of what made those times so good was just the excitement, the hope for something good. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to say that good things aren't happening now because right. that's not the case at all. Right. Like right. I so <laughs> love my life right now. But if I were to know in those times that 20 years down the road, I'd be thinking back to this time wishing that I could relive it, I don't know if it would have the same effect. Mm -hmm. Like part of what made those times good was the hope. So that started bringing me to the idea of, okay, so what was actually the best part of those times? I mean, obviously what you're doing, what you're experiencing, the carefree simple like simplicity of life um very few actual problems (laughs) they felt like problems in those days but they weren't really problems you know there that is obviously something to be appreciated about those times but i think what really was the driving factor was just the hope and the excitement for the future Mm -hmm. you know and uh and that made me think of like like right now like what is what is the driving force behind life you know we've talked about the comparison between living in the moment and living for what's to come and we've surmised more or less that there's a delicate balance <laughs> you need to be present you need to live in the moment you need to live for today but you also have to prepare you also have to think about the future you know mm-hmm. it's good to hope for things mm-hmm. and the idea of hope is just an interesting concept i've been reading the bible a lot more this year because we're on a reading plan yeah so i've had you know again more of a motivation more of a reason <laughs> to be reading the bible and uh it's just interesting how god uh especially in the old testament he is the hope he is the reason Hmm. oftentimes he is why he's the why (laughs) anyone's doing anything he is the one who gets the glory he is the hope that everyone has and and so this was an idea that just came full circle and i thought it was interesting and i thought it'd be a nice little you know i guess food for thought type of topic it's great that okay so we started with the good old days and I kind of boiled it down to hope. Now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, this, more or less what my video said. It's great. <laughs> I just I just yeah. watched your video uh, in real time. You just explained it to me, and yeah. you explained it very well, by the way. It's, it's a it's a great well, thought. You. It's brilliant. So I have a couple thoughts running through my head. Um, one, the good old days for me were the good old days because I felt like I was making lemonade out of lemons and looking around me thinking a lot of people aren't making lemonade out of lemons. I thought I was taking a situation, I was young and I was making the absolute most of it compared to what other people were doing. I was having a great time but you know what? A lot of people are just getting by. Yeah. Their lives are, are more bland than mine. But what I didn't realize was we were, we were all, we were all, my friend group and most of my peers were, were all living the good old days, just however we wanted to, because once again, you have very mm-hmm. little responsibility. The reason I, the reason I think of it like that is because I thought as a kid that you have this time when you're a kid where you just make the most of it until you're an adult. 
and you're allowed mm. to do all of this stuff. Like when, 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 when can I, mom, when can I, like, when are you going to tell me that, that secret that you're, you're telling your friend? I specifically remember her talking to a friend and I wasn't allowed to know what they were talking about. And I said, when am I allowed to know? Like, when are you going to tell me? And she said, 16. I said, but I'm not going to remember to ask you when I'm 16. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, I was like 12 because we were living at our old house. Yeah. Then. I was like, oh, I just can't wait to be 16 and be able to be a part of conversations that I'm not allowed to know about right now. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to be 18. Can't wait to be 21. And you're just thinking that adults have it all together. And that when you're an adult, you will have it all together. You'll you'll have the answers. You'll have all mm. the things you need. But until then, you're you're kind of getting gypped. So just make the most of it until you get there. And then you just lock into this gear that all adults are locked into. And okay, you're good. You're set. Here you go. Mm-hmm. See you later. But until then, like, oh, we're just gonna do it ourselves you know we're gonna figure this out figure this out figure this out okay then now you're old enough now you're an adult no more being creative and being expecting and being hopeful about the future like you're living it right Mm -hmm. that's that's seriously what i thought and i think some of the reason why i felt this um like i wasn't getting the grat the satisfaction was because I had a stutter and I had, I just had social issues. Like I I just wasn't the cool kid. I'm still not the cool kid, but I was definitely not the cool (laughs) kid. I had a stutter. So I didn't fit in. I was really nervous. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't communicate well. I couldn't articulate what I wanted to say. And so sometimes I ended up lying, just straight up lying because I wanted to, be cool and accepted. It was this major dilemma. I wanted to be cool and accepted, but at the same time, I couldn't speak without stuttering. So how do you, how do you reconcile that? Hmm. Well, I remember a time I specifically lied about having a Vans deal, Vans shoes. I bought a pair of land of, of, of uh, Vans. I took the sticker. I put it on the bottom of, of my BMX bike. I told my friends, Brent Ulrich, I told Brent at youth group that I was sponsored by Vans. <laughs> Brent Ulrich. And he goes, wow, major. He goes, there. no, you're not. I said, yeah, yeah, I am. Look at this picture <laughs> of my BMX bike with the Vans sticker on it. <laughs> I said, look at this sticker. He goes, okay. I said, yeah, I'm sponsored by him. He said, no, you're not. And I just kept lying. I said, yeah, I'm sponsored by Vans. And dude, you know what's crazy? I grew up, started this band, grew up even more, went on Vans Warp Tour. And guess what happens the first day of Vans Warp Tour? You go get free shoes. What? I didn't know that. Wow. And I remember going to get free shoes like the That's second sick. or third Warp Tour we did. And I just like <laughs> stopped dead Brent in my tracks. I'm photo. like, Wow. <laughs> I don't deserve this. I am a horrible human being. I used to lie about getting free bands <laughs> just to fit in. <laughs> so the good old days for me, man, they were they were awesome, but they were also a mess. Yeah. Of me just trying to be old. Me trying mm. to be someone who had it figured out, someone who fit in. And I was mm. like, someday that'll come. And it's not even something I have to do. It'll just happen. Until then, I'm just yeah. struggling yeah. and fighting and trying to figure it out. Dude, this is so this is so good where we're, we're taking this right now. Because I just realized, like, we so often only remember the good things. Right. And when I break down those times in my mind, you know, right in those days were some of the worst, hardest times of my life. Yep. I mean, good, ultimately, but really, really tough, really yeah. hard. And and I think about who I was back then, like the the level of immaturity, like beyond belief. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, like 
the thing, the stupid things I thought and said and believed. Like, <laughs> you know, I am so glad that I'm not in those times anymore, yeah. even though they were the good old days, you know. And you, it's so easy to actually forget mm-hmm. about the bad things. I was thinking about you know, that as you were to talking look at them fondly. Yeah, we yeah. we forget the bad stuff. Like that's if you if you're listening to this and you've ever been through anything um, bad, like that's that's say let's say you were married and you got divorced and things are amicable now with your ex, you might look back and be, and be really fond of your marriage or of that person and miss it and wish you still had it. Um, but it's, it's safe to say if you sit and you really think about it long enough, if you think about any good thing long enough, you'll, you'll see both sides of it, you know? And even if Mm. it's a bad thing you remember, you'll, if you made decisions to be a part of it or be committed to someone or do something or not do something, you had legitimate convictions at the time to do those things. Like I, I don't, I don't really believe in regret because sure, you know what you know now about something in the past, but you made the decision you made based on the best knowledge you had. And I think you need to just be okay with the fact that you did that, even though today you have better information and hmm would have been nice to know what you know now, but you made the decision you did. So it's like the good old days, man, you only knew so much and you were living it up, but you also (laughs) had some tough times. Yeah. I think we'll look back on our current age and say, man, those were the good old days. Raising a family, probably say, man, it was, it was crazy, but that's about all the negative you'll say about it. It was amazing. And here's why. Boom, 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 boom. We're just going to go down through the list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think it's like, for me, it's a it's a perspective of like, even, even the quote-unquote hope factor of those days, like the excitement, the, the uh, idea of, your dreams coming true, whatever it was, you know, that's part of what I think back to is just the feeling of excitement. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we have that now, but like at the same time, a lot of the things that we were hoping for are so trivial. Yeah. You know, and and when like the Bible talks about like holding on to hope, like that phrase has new meaning to me now. Yeah. Because hope is a tangible thing. Like, because I'm looking back at those times and I'm realizing good old days were the good old days because of the excitement, because of the hope for something, right? (laughs) Right? But we have hope in something. Yeah. In fact, it it tells us all the time throughout the Bible to hold on to hope. Yeah. (laughs) We we know what is promised, you know? So it's like when you realize that all of these things that we could be hoping for are trivial, but we have this hope – and we're supposed to hold on to it. It is something that even though it's being future-minded, it's something present that we have mm-hmm. that we can be excited about because we have it. Right. That changes everything for me. Yeah. And it's like, who cares about the good old days? Right. <laughs> you know, they're good times, good memories. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but to think that they were better than right now or that I want to relive them because I'm missing out on something or because things didn't pan out exactly how I thought they would, whatever the case may be. Like when you boil it down, it was, I looked at it fondly because there was hope. Yeah. And we have that hope now. Yeah. Yep. That's very true. That's a great reminder. Hopefully we're hoping in something right, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a great reminder. I, I too have been reading the Bible, um, more than I have, uh, this year and last year have been have been pretty committed to it. And if you're a Christian and you're not in the Word, I encourage you to do it. Uh, it will remind you about the future, what's important. Um, and, I mean, ultimately, it'll just keep you grounded in mm-hmm. what, as Christians, we, we consider the truth, which is very important in this day and age of left-right and wishy-washy and all these different ideas. I mean, things are happening so fast. I recently watched Regis and <laughs> Regis and uh, Kelly Lee broadcast the day 9-11 happened, 9-11-2001. And the commercials 
during this broadcast were so cheesy. Like they, some of them were, they just wouldn't have been aired. They, a lot of them wouldn't be aired today. They would just been, they would have been hmm. unacceptable, not PC or just not, not effective. It's like, that's only 23 years ago. I mean, what we think is cool or not cool, what we think is acceptable or not acceptable, what we think is good, bad, or ugly today is is so fleeting. It just moves along so fast, and yet we consider it gospel truth. And yeah. we shouldn't. We need a standard that's deeper than what culture says is true and false. Yeah. And that's my... Yeah. That's, what I would consider my argument for reading the Bible today is you need it if as a Christian mm-hmm. or even as someone who's interested in Christianity, uh, read the Bible. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Dude, I just got hit with, uh, <laughs> the, it was, so when I was younger, I used to love watching like TV land. Oh yeah. Like oldie, you know, the oldies and, oh, yeah. um, I was big into that. Um, but of course I loved the modern shows in those days. So my son was watching uh, Ninja Turtles or something on Nickelodeon, right? And all of a sudden, it has this advertisement for 90s Nick. Nice. (laughs) 90s Nick, (laughs) which when it came up, I was like, this looks so old. Oh, my gosh. Like, just the quality difference. And it made me feel so old because, you know, in my mind... All of those cartoons were exactly the same as the cartoons that are out today. Like, nope. We are so... <laughs> same crisp, clear, you know, and it's we... like, wow, when I see this back, I'm like, man, 90s Nick, <laughs> TV land of today. <laughs> it's like, wowie. Yeah. Yep. You know, when you realize that, like, that 70s show is, you know, like that 90s show yeah. today. I know. Kind of wild. That's really weird. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're going to end it man. on that note. So thank you yeah. for listening good old to days. <laughs> the Holy Ghost News Podcast. <laughs> uh, this has been a good conversation. It always is. It's but, fun. Uh, some are just better than others, and I would put this in that category. Thank you to the Inner Circle for supporting this podcast. Without you guys and yeah. girls, we would thank not be able to continue doing this podcast. Today has been over. That's right. Has it been over five years? It's been about five uh, years. We're coming up on five years. Yeah. March, right around then. March, March twenty fifth, I think, was our. We're first still episode, going. So we're coming up, and close. we're better than ever. We're motivated yeah. to continue doing this, That's right? And um, we're able to keep doing it because of you. So thank you, Inner Circle, for your support. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Follow guys. us on all the socials: Instagram, Facebook, X. Support us on Patreon: Patreon.com/slash Holy Ghost Notes. Or www.theholyghostnotes.com. Yeah, you got it. And if you're, if you have thoughts on this topic, want to uh, contribute, hit us up, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com. That's it. Leave us a podcast. Or just contact about us. Review. Contact us about anything. We would yeah. appreciate it. Helps this podcast along. And uh, thank you very much for listening and for supporting us. That's right. Timothy Anderson. Is that your full name? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. I never said Timothy. Felt weird. Tim Anderson, love you. We'll be seeing you. (laughs) Love you too. Matthew Griner. (laughs) That is your full name. I know that. (laughs) Just don't go and... Till next time. Tell your son that (laughs) you saw me at the doctor's office. All right, we love you. (laughs) We'll be seeing you. (laughs) Peace. Peace. Uh, I'll kick this one off. Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost News Podcast. My name, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that was actually pretty great. <laughs> Stealing my thunder. All right. What's up, fam? Okay, stop. You got. <laughs> <laughs>